welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Untitled Interview Show from Android's Amazing Podcast. I'm Hunter Van Lierup, and today's guest is an insanely talented indie comic writer by the name of Dylan Gilbertson. His most recent work is on the Action Lab title Sweetheart, a horror thriller about a woman who's trying to escape her stalker monster that's been chasing her since she was a child. This episode might have some discussion about mental health, uh, illnesses, uh, forms of anxiety, depression, and some diabetes talk, plus there'll be spoilers for the title, Sweetheart, so you've been warned. Now, on with the show. So Dylan, uh, what did you do to get into the comics medium? Like, what brought you into the medium of comic books? Through Calvin and Hobbes, I, I really enjoyed... Um the uh the abominable snow goon book I, I never read them as like individual strips i read them as a uh as like the collected volumes is when i first mm-hmm. started reading them i, I might have been like i don't know like eight or something like that mm-hmm. um and then after after i burned through all of those books that i could get my hands on um i think i first started reading x-men uh, at the time um and just kind of just just loved it like i mean when you're a kid uh one i mean not for everybody, of course, but uh, typically, like a kid really wants to see, wants to see what they're reading, right? Like they, that's mm-hmm. why cartoon is over there. They're colorful and they've got pictures and stuff, and so it seemed like a cool hybrid, and it kind of got me into reading in general. Yeah, um, that's what got me into reading and, too. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, and so, um, so yeah, so that that was kind of my intro into comics, and that sort of led into uh, other forms of of uh, of literature. I guess I started reading more after that. And then when I got into college, uh, I started taking a lot of biology courses. And uh, for whatever reason, I like to take ideas that were presented in those lectures and then just go the wrong direction with them, i.e. into comics world. I feel um, <laughs> and, and, so, and so we, uh, there was one, um, there was one class where we learned about, we were learning about genetics and how similar um, different animal groups were to each other um, genetically. And so uh, I had this idea of, of a humanzee. It was like a, a human who was born through chimpanzees because they were so similar. So it was just like some small random mutations. He was just born a regular human, but he was actually a monkey. Um, and it was this, it was, it was this silly little idea. And then, um, and then a little later on, we were learning about like gene splicing, and, um, and, uh, fetal tissue and stem cells. Mm-hmm. And there, my friend and I had this idea of, of having a, a baby grow bare arms. And so we <laughs> were, we, we, so we were big fans of like the national Enquirer, um, all the, like the really goofy uh, newsstand articles about like Bat Boy and things like that, mm-hmm. and so we gave him the face of Bat Boy, and we had this idea that he, through some, some botched uh, prenatal surgery, um, he he got bear DNA in there, and uh, so he had these big bear arms that were way too big for his body, and he started <laughs> walking around um, on his arms, right, because they're yeah. so big, um, and so we we made this little short-lived comic strip called Bear Arm Baby. And that thing was, it's so bad. It's, it's a great so, name, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we, we, to this day, we call, we call him Babs. Yeah. Um, 
And so it, we had this little short-lived comic strip online. I think it's still online. It might be through my website. It's called Bear Arm Baby. Um, but it's it's so awful. But it's one of those things that you go back and you read it, and it, part of its charm is because of how bad it is. Um, and uh, and yeah. So anyway, so that's that was sort of my first dip into creating comics. Uh, and after that, I, I just sort of fell in love with the just creating them in general. And, um, sort of went from there, I guess. Yeah, I was checking out your website earlier in the week, and I saw there's a bunch of stuff that you're um, working on, and I thought that was really cool that um, you have like some pages for like some processes and a couple books yeah. that you know haven't yet been like fully talked about that you can uh, talk about later on, which I think is pretty yeah. cool. But um, Sweetheart is what uh, drew me towards you initially um, for action from Action Lab. I remember I, I work at a comic book store, and I remember um, seeing the cover of the issue one on the shelf, and I was like this looks fucking crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like the, uh, the, the art just draws you in. And I think that's from Francisco, right? Uh, yeah. So the, the cover, there were two covers for issue one. There was one that was from Francesco and then there was another one by uh, an artist named Chris Dabari. Um, but yeah, the, 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 uh, the main cover, uh, I guess was, was Francesco's. He does all the interior. art. Yeah. I believe like it's that. the one where the guy's crouching in front of the house. At least that's what yeah. I'm yep. Yep. That one's, that one's Francesco. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that and I was like, I gotta read this. I think I actually, or I think I read it for, so the comic book podcast we do through the store is like a weekly review thing, and I believe way back when issue one came out, I believe I talked about it on the show, uh, and I just loved it. So I was, I would check it out uh, month to month, and then, you know, COVID happened. But it was just like, yeah, oh man, yeah. this is just such a cool and interesting take on like a horror genre. But um, before we get deeper into the uh, inspirations and stuff, uh, what drew you to Action Lab for your publisher? Uh, for Sweet Tart? Um, Action Lab from... So one of the great things about most indie publishers is how much freedom you're given. Mm -hmm. um, and so Sweetheart had a very... Uh, for I guess for, for lack of a, a better explanation, it was a very personal book. Mm -hmm. And so there were there were very specific things and very specific ways that uh, that we wanted things to unfold. Um, and there were there were places that were they they wanted to draw back on some things or um, they wanted to tweak some things and those those tweaks and stuff just didn't didn't really sit well. Mm -hmm. um, and so we had submitted to a couple other places. Um, and Action Lab was willing to give us all the freedom. Like they were, I mean, it's it's sort of a double-edged sword, but they were they were extremely hands-off. And so they were they just said, do your thing, and then we'll put the book out. And that I said, awesome. great. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we want. And so we put together our book um, without any without any uh, tinkering from the higher ups, I guess. Uh, and and we yeah we got to make the book that we wanted to make, and it was great. That's awesome. You gotta love publishers that actually let you do what you want to do. Like I know there's a couple publishers that, you know, like oh man, I recommend you tweak this or you should really end it this way and like maybe switch it up a bit. I like that publishers do let you go full creative freedom on your project. You know, especially since you said this one was personal. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. No, another thing as well is, um, a lot of times publishers they will be averse to publishing books or or series of a certain length. Um, and so like, they don't want to commit to a series this long, or they, they want to do a little bit more with this because, uh, cause it'll, it'll sell more or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they actually asked me up front, like how many issues do you want it to be? And I said five and they said done. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, that, that's perfect. And so, 
Um, we didn't have to, we didn't have to try and drag it out and like extend it longer and make it feel yeah. like it wasn't going anywhere kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. we didn't have to, we didn't have to rush things too much. And so it was, it was, it was very nice. I liked it. Yeah. I was going to say, it's a pretty intense five issues. Like it gets to the point. There's no like meandering around the situation. Yeah. It's just kind of like it's hammered home and it's solidified within those five and it does leave it open for a little bit, which I think is really cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So uh, what were your inspirations for uh, Sweetheart? Uh, Sweetheart is sort of very loosely based. Um, it was so, uh, it's mostly inspired by and very loosely based on my life with type one diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, when I started making, I got the idea for it cause I, so I work overnights. I work in a, a, a sleep research lab and I worked a lot of overnights at the time. And when, when it gets around three thirty AM and, and you've been there since like six, um, your, your brain starts to melt a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, uh, it, and we used to be in this, like this really creepy, um, our, our lab used to be really creepy. We used to, it was just sort of in this crappy old building. You gotta love that. Uh, yeah. Until, <laughs> until like I started getting like the EBGB vibes. Um, and, uh, and so like I had kind of had horror on the brain, but then the, the, right after my shift, I had a meeting or not a meeting, I guess an appointment with my, with my endocrinologist who's effectively my diabetes doctor. And so I went there and I was, I was really tight, been like at this point for almost a little over 30 hours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we started talking about like, Oh, this is what you're doing. Well, this is what you need to work on. These are the possible implications or the complications that could happen if, if, uh, if, if these things don't recover or whatever. Uh, and then I started driving home, probably shouldn't have been driving being that tired. Uh, but I, I started driving home and just started thinking like this thing is, is it's followed me for my entire life. Um, and then I started to get really, really kind of dark with it. I was like, this is probably the thing that's going to end up killing me eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that sort of got the gears turning. And since I was already, I had the heebie jeebie vibes sort of left over from the lab. Mm-hmm. You know, so I started imagining like if it was this actual monster that's been following me my entire life and the, that's really um, cool, but also very yeah, scary. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Um, and so I, I got home, and I had a very, I had this really, like, emotional uh, scene in my head that I had imagined the whole time that I'm on my way home about my how well my mom uh, helped me through it initially. Mm-hmm. Like, when she, she taught me um, how to take care of myself and things like that. And so I had this, this, uh, this vision of her, like, fighting the monster for me. Um, or like, or at least trying to, and not being able to do anything about it because it's not her monster to fight, right? Yeah. Um, and so that sort of became. Uh, I'm sure you can you can remember a scene in issue one where she's she's yelling at the monster in the backyard. But yeah. Um, but uh, but then I got home and I just I scribbled it all down on the notepad real quick, passed out for like 14 hours, and then woke <laughs> up and just started, and just started writing. That is um, awesome. You gotta love those inspirational like moments where you're like, gotta do it, gotta get it all done. This yeah, is what I got. it's right, in my head yeah. right now. My exactly, uh, coworker yeah. and co-host does that a lot. He's like, he's, he's like, I'll have a dream, I'll wake up, and I'll write it all down immediately as a full pitch. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, you are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do. It. I mean, if you can do that, like if if you can do that enough times to have a, a catalog to work on, mm-hmm. um, like that's that's the ideal, it's the ideal trenches to be working in. I think. Um, but so, so, so after that though, so the book is, it's inspired by diabetes and it's primarily based on life with diabetes. Um, 
it, we we tried to open it up a lot because diabetes isn't the only monster that follows people their entire life, right? Yeah, no, I was and gonna so, say like when I was reading it, I noticed more of like a anxiety kind of yeah. vibe to it. Like now it, now that you're talking about the diabetes, now I feel like an idiot for not picking up on that because it's very much like mm -hmm. it's a diabetes thing. But like yeah, but, I, I was reading as like an anxiety or like a sort of depression, like a mental yeah, illness of sorts. Like that that was kind of cool. That's perfect. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly it. And so if I, if I had sat here and instead talked about diabetes and I told you like, this is about my struggles with depression or with alcoholism or with drug abuse or, mm -hmm. or anxiety or, or whatever, um, there are so many, there are so many parallels that you can, you can, uh, you can track with those, with all these other things. And that's sort of really what the book itself is about. It's inspired by diabetes, but we really tried to make it, uh, about, uh, just sort of, uh, struggles in life in general or, or, uh, just things like that and, and sort of show people, um, that there, there may be a little bit more to what's going on beneath the surface, I guess. Yeah. And, and the way you ended issue one was what blew my mind when I first read the book. I was like, all right, cool. We see this guy as a kid and then, you know, his mom is, you know, helping him out with, uh, he got attacked by the, uh, the monster and then, you know, it's him growing up, he's having a life, he's drinking his tonic, and then at the end he's yelling at the monster, and I'm like, okay, cool, they're gonna have a final confrontation, he's gonna protect his daughter, and then all of a sudden the twist happens, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, what, what just happened? I was like, this dude, come on, man, I, you, you, laid, you laid the foreshadowing out very hard. Perfect. I remember in big, bold text, it's like, it doesn't work forever, it eventually runs out, and I was like, yeah. okay, there it is. I reread it the second time when I got the trade, and I was like... That's where the foreshadowing was. I shouldn't have thought he was going to stay alive. That's crazy. <laughs> Perfect. And, you know, the way he like walks up and showboats himself, and then he just gets axed. I was like, ooh. Right. And yeah, then I'm, you pick I, up with issue two, and it's like a couple years later with the daughter, and you're like, damn. Yeah. Nuts. Oh, yeah. And then you see how the that, mother of the daughter reacts, and she's just like, your father was a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I Yeah, that was the first issue. When I first started writing the book, I was – I mean, I was in a, uh, uh, I was in a, a, a fervor. I was, I was just like, this, the monster kills everybody. No one's going to live. And I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, in horror movies, there's always a survivor, but not in this one. Everyone's going to die. Um, and so I wanted to make the monster as scary as I possibly could. And, well, they are quite frightening. Well, yeah. They, <laughs> I like how, um, for, uh, is his last name pronounced Iaquinta? Uh, Iaquinta, yeah. Iaquinta. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, when you're reading it, if you pay attention to the background, you can see, like, green blurbs in the back. It's not mm -hmm. always, but, like, you can always see the presence show up right before he shows up fully on panel. And that was yeah. really cool. And that really added to the atmosphere of, like, you're never alone. Everyone's going to die. Nobody's safe. He's always in the background. You just got to keep looking. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really exactly cool. right. Yeah. Like, yeah, Francesco and I had conversations about that. It was, that was brilliant that he did that. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I, I know you kind of said that um, it was just going to be a five-issue miniseries, but is there any chance for a volume two or like a continuation in that world with those monsters, or are you doing this as a one-and-done? Um, that's sort of up in the air right now. Um, we have a lot more that we can tell. Yeah, I was going to say, because uh, you don't really go into too much of like what's going on with the creatures. I know like yeah. uh, the main character brings one of the... I think it's what are they called the, the scrappers, the, the smaller guys. He brings, the, oh, the stringers. The stringers. Yeah. yeah, he brings them yeah. to the, uh, the the doctor, and they're able to like kind of dissect it a little bit. But you don't learn too mm -hmm. much from it because those things are machines. Right. 
And then, yeah. you know, and then it kind of leaves you off with like, oh, she kind of stopped, you know, what she had to do. And like, she's kind of like, you know, figuring out what she has to do to, to keep this thing at bay. And then it's like, but there's more, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, I mean, we have uh, a lot more uh, cool mechanics, I guess, mm-hmm. if you want, is the right word to use. Like a lot of a lot of things that you can do with how the monsters operate and sort of what they are. And we have a lot of cool things we want to explore with that. We have, um, I'm trying to not to, to say too much about it, but we have also a lot of... Uh, background we have a lot of uh, information and story about the town itself and how the town came to be and how the yeah. town sort of just discovered the monsters yeah because uh, they say in the thing like you can't you're not supposed to leave town because you're not supposed to bring it with you to the outside world exactly. and i thought that was cool so it's kind of like um not to compare it to anything but uh chip zadarsky has a book that came out recently called Stillwater. And it's yeah, about a town yeah. that doesn't age, basically. And mm-hmm. whenever they leave, they age and they come back and they stay the same age. So it's kind of yeah. like that where it's like don't bring the secrets and the horrors and whatever comes with it outside of the town because that's a little selfish, you know. You got to keep exactly. everybody protected. The needs of the one, uh, needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's cool. That they were like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm good. Like, yeah. you shouldn't leave. <laughs> right. Even though the daughter is yeah. kind of like, I just want to like get away from this. And the mom's like, you can't though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, and I mean, if, uh, man, I try really trying not to say too much in, in the, <laughs> event, in the event that we do do a, a, a follow-up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we, um, we, want to do a second one um but we don't know if we will i um mm-hmm. we're we're still waiting on a lot of things to come through um to see uh we we'll just leave it at that we we want to do one um mm-hmm. we just have to we just have to wait on some things to see how some things pan out i suppose yeah for sure that's awesome i'm excited nonetheless yeah. um yeah would you keep Great. the same title and go volume two or would you change the title um we would probably keep the same title just because i mean uh i'm not a marketing expert uh i I'm, i don't know anything about marketing but the way i the way i see it is that if we were to change the title then it sort of uh diminishes any sort of uh not fan base but the the clout or whatever you want to call it that the first title has like the familiarity i guess yeah, yeah i got you yeah we want we want to keep the people that are familiar with it and fans of it and not say this is this is this book, and then be like, well, what's this book about? Like, well, mm-hmm. actually, it's connected to that first book that you that you read. And they're like, oh, okay. And so it it just it seems like extra work. No, I got um, to, to make a different title. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is it working with uh, Francesco? Uh, it's great. Um, Francesco is. Um, we struggled when we first started to communicate. Uh, it was it was difficult. So I I found. Francesco on DeviantArt and because he did a book called Croak. Oh yeah, Croak for Alterner, right? Yeah. And I so I, I recognize the art style. Yeah, so I, I saw his art in that um and I really liked it. And so I reached out and um and English is his second language. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know and I don't know any Italian. And so that that was that was a, a downfall on my part just because it was it was difficult to uh, and, and I mean, he, he speaks great English as it is, but there are some things that sort of fall through the cracks while we're having conversations. And yeah. we, we, we really struggled in the beginning to, to communicate and to sort of get across the, each other's needs and what, like what he needs as an artist 
and what I needed as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first issue was a bit of a slog. Um, we got through it. Uh, but then after that, we, we really sort of, we had bonded through the whole process and we, we really learned how each other operate. And so I was able to, to cater my scripts a lot better to his needs and his strengths as an artist. Um, and it was, it was great. Like, yeah, I, I learned a lot from the process. Francesco is, he's amazing. He'll, he'll do, he'll do, um, what's in the script, but he's also very, um, very forward with adding his own flair to it uh, which is yeah which is amazing and so um a lot of the pages most all the pages actually are are much better than they would be otherwise if he weren't uh as great of an artist as he is yeah i was gonna uh, my next question was gonna be um like do you write a directional script or do you use like sort of what the old marvel method did where it's like you kind of just like let the artist kind of draw out what they're doing and then you like add your dialogue that you have plotted out or like, cause you said working with Francesco was like, kind of like a, you'd let him kind of go off on what he wanted to do and like fit, like touch up what you were like essentially telling him to do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So when I, usually when I'm first start writing, it's very rare that I start writing a script without an, or, or it's very rare that I write a script with an artist attached to it mm-hmm. and be, because of that i i understand that many artists will it, it's very um it depends on the artist right and so some artists want uh, very detailed scripts they just say tell me what to draw and that's what i'll draw and that's how yeah. it'll be done and then there's other ones who like the marvel style who just you just say uh nighttime uh these people are doing this go yeah, I know Tom um, King's arts uh, writing style. When he was doing Batman, he would just write yeah. uh, this whole page: Batman fights ninjas, and then he would let the yeah. artist just draw however <laughs> yeah. that is, like Batman right. fights ninjas, yeah. Batman fights Bane, and like I just. Think, <laughs> I wish I yeah, could I think, like that. <laughs> I, I think I think Bendis kind of does a similar thing. Yes, I mean, Bendis yeah. came from Marvel, and so that makes good mm-hmm. sense. But, um, but yeah, I think he was doing like an issue of Batman Universe, I think, and there's a there's like a double page spread where uh where like batman and somebody else i'm pretty sure it's batman universe but they're like fighting through an entire cruise ship or like a cargo ship and it's like this uh it's this this dissection of the cruise ship and the whole time you can see in in different rooms they're all fighting and it's this very it's really this really cool detailed um double page spread and he was like i just said that they fight through the ship and then that's what he drew i was like holy crap yeah that's awesome that's when you like I feel like if I was a writer, I'd be like, go wild. Like, you got a two-page spread. We got you on this book for a reason. Right, as long as you right. get the point across, go wild. <laughs> yeah, and and so so when I first started writing, uh, so again, I, I very rarely know who the artist is going to be. And so I will always write a full script and very detailed script before, yeah. I get, before I even have an artist. And so I have that, and then I give it to them, and then they'll they'll sort of, tell me what they do or don't like as they go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, and then after that, I kind of know what they like and what they want. And then I can sort of adjust from there. And that's sort of the way it was with Francesco. And so I had this really detailed script that I wrote. And again, it, it's hard not to do a super detailed script because again, it was such a personal story. Yeah. You want this to feel like it's all you, yeah. it's everything in your head that you've yeah, been working so, on. And then like, yeah, like the these, artist, these you are... want to convey like what you want, you know? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, and so I sent it to him and again, because of, of, uh, like I don't, again, I don't know an Italian and so it was difficult to get some stuff across. 
Um, and so that first issue again was was sort of a it was it was sort of a, an experience to go through, and we sort of had a lot of back and forth about what we did and didn't want in there. But then after that, um, I had very I learned a lot about how one how he functions as an artist, and two just how good of an artist he is. Mm-hmm. And so it, it if you tell him very specifically what to do, and then he doesn't really want to do it, and you say yeah, but this is the way it needs to be, do it anyway. Um, it's never as good as if you just let him go. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's not like, it's not that he's, he's never going to um, go half effort on a panel, right? Yeah. Like that's not, that's not what he does. He, he, I mean, he gives 100% on everything that he does, but uh, a part of his art style is just what he's feeling. And so he does it. And, it, yeah. and it's amazing and it always works. And so if you try and go against that, it's never going to be as good. And so I, at that point, I would, I started writing panels and writing scripts um, that I, because I, I knew him a little bit more at this point. So I could write the scripts um, a little bit to his style and kind of who he was as a person. Yeah. Um, and then uh, if he said, no, this isn't, I don't want to do it this way. I'd rather do it this way. I'm just like, yeah, that sounds great. Do it. Yeah, for sure. You know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, so you, I you I ran my vision. You see what it is. You can you know analyze it however you want, and we'll see how it looks. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And so yeah, I learned a lot as a writer. Like I became Francesco made me a better writer because it it helped me better um, work or communicate with artists. That's awesome. So I I thank Francesco for that, and I'll thank him that for the rest of my days. That is fantastic. Uh, so how much uh, revision slash like editing do you do in your work besides like from the artist? Uh, you mean like the script? Yeah, how much script revision goes into it? Um, that's let me see how to tackle that. So when I when I first write a script, I go through probably three or four versions of the script, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's mostly dialogue because I'm not great at dialogue, <laughs> uh, and so it it generally it's me reading it out loud to myself and just revising a bunch of dialogue stuff and uh, going back like oh. I forgot. I, so I, I like to put in a lot of through lines. And so I, I like to put something in, in the first page and then have it be relevant or have it still be there or have it be um, consequential in a later panel. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I had like, I'll have to go back and add that stuff to different panels to make sure that it, it all follows through and that it doesn't come out of nowhere and, and things like that. So the, the most of the editing just comes from the scripting itself. And then when the artist gets it, um, we just sort of talk back and forth. Like if, if they don't like something in a script, um, then I'll say, okay, if we don't like that, like, let me, let me tweak it. Let me make some adjustments and then we'll, let's see where we land with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but af- after the art is done, and this is always sort of my favorite part is after the art is done, then going back and read tweaking the dialogue again. Um, because if, if the art, um, is short of showing a different mood or if there are some, some things happening that aren't addressed in the dialogue then you can sort of tweak it and make everything gel really well and so that final that final lettering pass is really important to make sure everything is cohesive and i think that's where everything really shines is once once that's done once you put that final coat of paint on it yeah once you're on like the final draft and you're getting it to print you're like all right this is what we need yeah yeah exactly uh, do you feel at all connected to older comic writers like Stan Lee or Chris Claremont, or are you into like the more newer modern ones like uh, Bendis or Tom King, for example? 
Yeah, I I really. <laughs> that's a tricky question. That seems <laughs> that that feels like a feels like a loaded question. I know it's a comparison to Legends, but I mean, like, do you yeah. feel like you're more connected to the Claremont style of writing or like the Tom King style of writing, where it's like Batman fights ninjas? <laughs> like, what's yeah, right. your what's your field of expertise? So I I don't have a lot of insight as to the what the scripts look like for a lot of of the writers that i really admire mm-hmm. um i sort of i sort of have an idea but it's not like i've, I've poured over their scripts or anything like i understand that tom king is is a little more minimal um i know that uh that bendis is a little minimal um i think uh scott snyder is gets very very detailed in all oh, yeah. of his script um and i i don't I think I, I have a little bit more in relation to the long form writers to the more because again I usually start my scripts very detailed they're all full scripts mm-hmm. um, but I mean I yeah I guess more the long form the the longer more verbose writers mm-hmm. uh, yeah I think just because. Uh, so, uh, a lot of what I write, I have to feel emotionally connected to, mm-hmm. and I and I think one of the few ways that I know how to get across the emotions that I'm trying to convey are is to write it out and sort of even if it's not like super detailed scripts like uh, like this this table needs to be here this is the camera angle this is the time of day this is this is this and this is that it's more about describing the emotion of the panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and making sure that that is is where it needs to be, and I think so. It, it's not necessarily, um, yeah. I, from what I understand, like that's sort of how Scott Snyder, when he talks in panels, like if you've ever seen him at a Comic Con panel, yeah. he talk he talks forever. Like he he just, he almost doesn't stop talking because he gets really emotional. And he'll talk about he'll get sort of uh, a very full heart about what he's talking about. And that's what I really admire about him. And some people, some people like can throw criticism at, at that, but like that's what I love about comics, um, mm-hmm. is is being able to convey those things. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess short answer. That was sort of a bit of a ramble, but uh, short answer. I I, th- I think some of the some of the newer ones, um, like uh, like like Scott. I can't think of another name at the point. I just keep going back to Scott Snyder. But it's all good. He's a good yeah. writer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what would you say to someone trying to get into the comics industry? Any advice or tips? There's a lot of joke answers that come to mind. <laughs> just like do don't. it. <laughs> or just, or just don't, don't do it. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> yeah, don't. Um, I've heard it's a the, tough one. Yeah. The classic comics will break your heart, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, find. So if you're getting into comics, um, don't, don't, um, work with your artist. Don't, don't make your artist work for you. Work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, you're, you should be working for them. Yeah. Um, because their job is harder. Um, oh, for sure. that, that debate goes around forever. Um, it's always been very clear to me that the artist's job is, is much harder than the writer's job. Oh, sure. The um, writers so, just got to write it and then they're done. The artists yeah. have to 
draw it out, send it back to you. If you hate it, they got to redo everything. <laughs> yeah, and Leo, that was, yeah, that was another thing. So uh, Francesco works traditionally, and I didn't know that going in. Yeah, and so I'd ask, so I'd ask him to change something on a page, and he's like, I can't. <laughs> like, I gotta destroy the whole thing, and then yeah, like I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, put a bunch of white out, and it whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah, so work work with your artist, if not working for your artist. Don't make mm-hmm. your artist work for you, um, yeah. because that's your book right there. Is your artist um, also what I one of my favorite things about? So I, I'm currently writing a novel that's neither here nor there, but uh, it's relevant because uh, I started writing comics because there's no accepted universal format for scripting in comics there are there are things that people like and don't like like there are things you can do to make your letterer's job easier that everybody should do um but like there's no like um there's no formal format for it you can write a script however the hell you want to write a script um as long as you as long as what you want is communicated to the people you're giving it to it's great Mm -hmm. um and so that's something that i really liked about comics is that there there's a lot to learn when you first go into it but your starting point is wherever you want to start you can sort of build your own it's kind of like i've been playing a lot of demon souls and a lot of dark souls lately yeah. um, but it's kind of like you you start your character like you can start your character can be whatever you want um and just go from there just build it however you want to build it as long as it gets the job done um and so uh go go nuts i guess is, is the other piece of advice just go nuts um and respect your artist that's awesome. Thank you for the insight. <laughs> yeah. So um, you said you're working on a novel, uh, and you may be doing some Sweetheart too. So what's next for you in the realm of comics or just writing in general? Like, what do you got planned up? I saw on your website that you have something called Draft Dodgers and something called Grand Design that you're kind of working on? Yeah, so uh, Grand Design is the novel. Okay. Um, that one is – so Grand Design was sort of the the – the the brainchild of myself and one of my best friends his name's max malcolm mm-hmm. uh we started that as a comic we started it years and years and years ago and we we built so much into that world um and he's the only artist i would ever want to work on it mm-hmm. um i would i would literally never accept another artist except for him to work on it <laughs> and but the but he he has he doesn't want to do it at, at this point in his life he doesn't and want to so, draw he's like set up yeah <laughs> well i mean like you know he, he's an art teacher and he still draws and things but he yeah. uh we sort of parted ways with the project we sort of shelved it indefinitely and mm-hmm. then i I, ta- I talked to him a lot uh, and a, we decided that like a great way to go with it is for me to just write it as a book That's awesome. um, because the, the problem with having such a a, a vast world to play in is that you need a lot of pages to get everything across and in comics really long form series are really hard to come by like i was saying like most most publishers are like we don't want anything more than six issues because that's too much to commit to yeah because um, like, they don't know how we, well your track record's going to be you know or how your yeah. how your due dates are and stuff exactly right and so i like i didn't i didn't want to try and sell this as like a a 32 issue mac series or 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 whatever Mm -hmm. um and so i I just sort of started noodling on it i just sort of started putting words down on paper and it sort of built up on itself and it sort of become its own little its own little novel um and so that's really exciting i'm excited to do that awesome Um, and then uh draft dodgers it says it's a mini series on there 
Yeah, Draft Dodger, uh, we want to be uh, a mini series, I guess, is, is mistitled. We want it to be at least 12 series, like a maxi series. Okay, yeah. Um, um, uh, but yeah, so that one, uh, I also am sort of co writing with my friend Adam. We, uh, that one's sort of, it's supposed to take place in a mid, in a near, mid near future. Mm. Um, and the government is sort of, trying its best to keep the world alive um it's doing it's doing it's doing all the things that it can for the most noble cause but Mm -hmm. the things that it's doing are very questionable and often um, malicious and not great and so uh we were trying to get across a lot of moral ambiguity there and like i understand what the government wants and i agree with it but the way it's going about it is not cool Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have so the char- the the story follows this one this one girl who is sort of sees that and says the government can't be doing this I don't care how good the cause is and then, so she sort of defies it and then along her journey to escape these people um, she sort of uh, learns the alternatives um, and how how good life can be without being so awful to people I guess that that's awesome. Sense. Yeah, that sounds great. It sounds like a nice, interesting, like, take on, um, like, some postmodernism style, like, don't trust the government, even though, like, no matter what they say, but, it, it, like, it's a nice conspiracy, you know, stuff. Always fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, where can we find you on the internet or on anywhere else? Uh, on the internet, um, you can find me at the twitter.com. And also on the Instagram.com, um, my my handles there are at Dill Gilbertson, um, and then you can find me. My website is DillonDoesComics.com or just DillonComics.com. They both redirect to the same place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see a lot of my work there. Um, you can find my work in comic shops. Just go in there and ask for for Sweetheart. Um, and then in real life, you can find me in San Diego, probably sitting in front of my television playing Demon Souls right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So thank you for coming on to, you know, talk about your books, talk about your writing, talk about what's next. It's always super cool to see, like, how uh, artists and writers and, like, what projects they're doing next. Uh, last week I talked to uh, Robert Geronimo. He's doing a new indie, like, graphic novel with his friend. And... um like so, I got you on now talking about more horror stuff. I got someone else coming on next week to talk about their book, which is coming out in February. So it's just super cool to like get the processes from all these different types of writers from all these different styles of books. So it's always fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Like I, I always love love coming on and just talking about talking about whatever. Like it's always just good having conversations in the industry. Thanks for having me. And no problem. And I'm super excited to see if Sweetheart Volume Two does come out in the near future because that book is awesome i cannot recommend it enough the horror is fantastic the writing is great the art is haunting and the lore is just so deep and i want to know i want to know more like what's going on is there a third (laughs) type of monster we're gonna find what's the deal hopefully hopefully we'll see (laughs) sounds awesome thank you so much thank you so much